I went to sleep with gum in my mouth, and now there's gum in my hair. And when I got out of bed this morning, I tripped on the skateboard. And by mistake, I dropped my sweater in the sink while water was running. And I could tell it was going to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. That's the opening passage of Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day by Judith Vorst. And this is Books That Raised Us. I'm Alana Shapiro, an educator and mom whose best friends were books for most of my childhood. And I'm Esty Shapiro, a semi-adrift grad student still living in my mom's basement. So Alexander is just having one of those really, really rotten days. Um, You know, kind of one of those days where everything turns to shit. Um, (laughs) I thought it'd be kind of a apropos book for a global pandemic. So this was my pick for a picture book. And um, what do you what do you remember from this book? Um, I remember, I mean, obviously that Alexander is having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. I remember that that includes um, eating lima beans <laughs> and his brothers being mean to him and he gets in a fight I think with a friend at school and um he wants to move to Australia he thinks that there won't be <laughs> won't be terrible horrible no good very bad days in Australia that's that's what I remember about that's that book. pretty good I'm surprised you remember the lima beans that's really funny that's how the book ends actually well I was not a picky eater as a kid but I did not I still don't like lima beans and oh. so I think that That one resonated. (laughs) There you go. There you go. What didn't I remember? Can you fill in the missing gap? So it's just kind of a day where everything goes wrong for this kid. Um, He doesn't get a prize in his cereal box when his brothers both do. And he doesn't get a seat by the window in carpool on the way to school. And at school, his teacher tells him he was singing too loud and... Um, they go to the dentist and he's the only one who has a cavity and he, yes, has to eat lima beans (laughs) for dinner and, um, and everything just, it's one of those days where everything goes wrong. So, I mean, besides the obvious pandemic relevance, uh, why did you choose this book? So initially that's why I chose this book. I was like, you know, we're having kind of a lot of terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days uh, during COVID times. And so I thought it would be a good book. It's a book that I just remember really thinking was funny and entertaining um, as a kid. And, um, you know, I, I just felt like it was sort of, it would be sort of validating (laughs) to read a story that's all about days where things don't go the way you want them to or plan. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I think in some ways um, there's sort of a difference between, like, having a bad day and having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, right? Like, we Mm -hmm. used to call them Alexander days when I was a kid. Like, when we were really miserable, it was an Alexander day. And I think sort of, to me, what, like, defines that as opposed to just, like, oh, today sucks is sort of just, like, the complete lack of control or like 
um, maybe like the role of agency in this story, right? That we tend to think as adults, we have fewer of these because like when things suck, you at least like can make choices and decisions and have some sort of power over like what you do and don't do and how your day goes. Um, but, but what feels so like Alexander about this pandemic is that like everything is so much bigger than us and out of control. And like, it just, it just is shitty and there's sort of nothing you can do about it. And that, that real like lack of agency is where I, I feel like (laughs) lately I've been relating to this like grumpy kid, right. Who just like has to listen to all the adults and the older siblings and all the people making his life suck that day. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and it was interesting reading it as an adult. I felt like, you know, I definitely read it that way, that all this stuff is happening to Alexander and he's bummed out about it and frustrated by it. And, you know, there was also a sense of some of it is just he was having such a bad day that then he was self-perpetuating in some ways, you know, like um, there's a whole thing about him drawing um, a picture and, and his, his teacher likes his friend's picture better. And his friend's picture is is of a sailboat and his picture that the teacher didn't like very much was of an invisible castle. (laughs) And so just thinking about like, yeah, if you draw a picture and hand it in of an invisible castle, um, that might not be as popular as a picture that actually, you know, paper that has something on it. Um. <laughs> so his paper was actually blank. Yeah, exactly. And he was bummed out that the teacher didn't like it. You know, and, and you know, from an empathetic standpoint, I guess that would have been great to see the teacher say, oh, that's really interesting. Tell me more about this picture. But that's really not how she reacted. And so, um, you know, that was something else that contributed to his terrible, horrible, no good, very bad dayness. Yeah. Yeah, this is, you know, maybe sort of separate from the book, but I feel like that's something I've learned a lot about spending, you know, quite a bit of time with young kids, um, that their art is so like personal and um, often very difficult to decipher. And so sort of as a rule of thumb, um, I never, I never ask a kid, like, what is this drawing? I, I never ask a kid, like, what, what is this? Or like, oh, can you tell me what you just drew? Because like, you know, to them, it might be the most obvious thing in the world that it's a butterfly or an invisible castle or whatever. Or like saying, oh, that's a really cool dog that you drew. It's actually, you know, a submarine or something. Right. And so I tend to always say, oh, wow, this is so beautiful. Can you tell me more? Or like, oh, this is so interesting. I've never seen anything like this. Can you tell me what you were thinking when you drew this? Right. So that you sort of let them lead. Um, I don't know. It it matters to kids. It, it does. It makes a difference. <laughs> it totally does. Yeah, and I think there's this other whole theme in the book of Alexander kind of just looking around his world and his day and comparing himself to others and being really unsatisfied with his lot and really kind of jealous of either his siblings or his classmates or his friends at lunchtime. Um, or anybody else in the book. And so, you know, that's kind of a, another thing I think that's hard right now during these times is just not um, not always 
feeling great about what we're experiencing today and and through through this pandemic and and looking around at others who maybe either are having an easier time with it or apparently having an easier time. Or ignoring the rules altogether (laughs) and doing whatever the fuck they want and partying and going out to bars and whatever. For sure. Having weddings. (laughs) For sure. For sure. And I think, you know, in social media age, there's this whole kind of curated life that we see of other people's um, that we really honestly you know, compare ourselves to and maybe measure ourselves up against that has nothing to do with the reality of, you know, they are never posting their terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. I do think that that's a really good point, specifically as it relates to the global pandemic that we're living through. And like, you know, that sort of like part of Alexander's misery is that he felt like he was the only one experiencing it and that everyone had it better, like you said, or that, you know, it was easier for everyone else. Um, and I, I feel like, yeah, that, that, that's definitely what it feels like when, when you're sort of like, you know, pulling more weight in the group project or, you know, like you're, you're an essential worker, right. That when you're like, trying to keep a school open and and you know other folks are maybe not struggling in the same ways that that's it's hard right right it feels right it feels unfair it's just not fair which is like a very like childish right sort of attitude and like it's how we all feel right Right. and it's also like I don't know for me that feeling sometimes also produces a lot of guilt because like yes I'm working really hard right now and I also should just be really happy that I still have a job and an income and I don't have to worry about where my next rent payment or grocery check is coming from. So, yeah, you know, (laughs) no, for sure. And it's that balance, right? Of like, of course, recognizing that other people have it harder. And also like, it's okay to be sad for the things that we've, we've lost or right. right? Like, you know, even if they're relatively like inconsequential, like it's okay to be sad about like, the concert that got canceled or that you haven't been able to see your friends or your family in months or, you know, like that, that that's real too. I don't know. I feel like there's, there's definitely part of that is like the lesson of Alexander. Exactly. It's kind of that, you (laughs) know, balancing between like, yeah, Alexander could have done different things to make his day not so terrible, horrible, no good, very bad. And sometimes you just have to really, have one of those days and like live within it and, <laughs> and be miserable about it and be salty and then you know hopefully you wake up tomorrow and things look a little better and sometimes it's okay to wallow <laughs> yeah exactly um exactly do you have a favorite part of the book or a favorite character yeah actually well obviously alexander is my favorite character um <laughs> that's true there is kind of like there's like there's one not character. a lot more you know um but um I do have a favorite part. It's they go shoe shopping. So it says, so then we went to the shoe store to buy some sneakers. Anthony chose white ones with blue stripes. Nick chose red ones with white stripes. I chose blue ones with red stripes. But the shoe man said, we're all sold out. They made me buy plain old white ones, but they can't make me wear them. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. You know, like you talked about agency. I think that's, you know, one part of the book where he he pulls some of his own agency down from his depths of misery and he says, you know, 
you can buy me the shoes, but I'm not going to wear the darn thing. <laughs> right. And it doesn't necessarily make the day less shitty, but it m- maybe makes him feel a little better, right, in that <laughs> moment to, like, exert sort of his power over his his feet, right? Like, <laughs> his sort of autonomy in that moment. Oh, man. Exactly. I feel like that's especially funny because you often cite that your least favorite parenting activity with my twin brother was shoe shopping. That was the worst. (laughs) Seriously, teaching you both how to drive and shopping for shoes was the most miserable parenting tasks ever. (laughs) Not fun. Anyways, I just think it's funny to think, like, obviously this book is about Alexander and his perspective, but I could very easily imagine that his mother, who, like, had to take him shoe shopping, was not having a great day either. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a really good point. She is pretty funny throughout it. You can tell, like, there's a scene where they go to his dad's office and he messes up the copy machine. He spills ink all over his dad's desk. And, you know, the look on his parents' face is just, you know, it was pretty terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day for them, too, having to live with this curmudgeonly, you know, eight-year-old or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. When did this book come out? So it was published in 1972. So I was like a year old when the book came out. (laughs) Alexander's older than you. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Isn't it funny to think of him now like in his 50s? Oh, (laughs) wow. (laughs) Like he definitely has a desk job that he hates. Like, yeah, he's like for sure an anti-capitalist, like Gen X grump who's like never going to be able to afford to retire. (laughs) (laughs) And like working from home right now and miserable and like divorced and salty on the days that his kids are, you know, Zoom learning from his kitchen table. (laughs) See, I feel like that's what like the 1970s Alexander like would have become. But like, I don't know. I don't want to like enforce like the cis hetero patriarchy on Alexander. Like maybe he's queer. Maybe he's like a grumpy old gay man. He's like listening to like Dolly Parton's Christmas album on repeat <laughs> to get through the pandemic. And honestly, like when you think about it, like we're basing these assumptions on one terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day that he had. So like there's part of me who wants to think he's like a really happy guy now because <laughs> he's gotten some therapy and he's exactly. okay. <laughs> He's, like, addressed the toxic masculinity that didn't allow him to feel his feelings. Exactly. He's doing all right. Yeah. That's my hopes for Alexander. I love that for him. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, can I ask? Sure. How has this book raised you? So I think, you know, my biggest takeaway from this book is that sometimes things feel miserable And that's okay. Um, You know, there's room for that. Um, I think I grew up in a time when people wanted you to be happy (laughs) all the time. And this book really said, you know, like, that's not realistic. And you don't have to be. And that's okay. And, you know, even in Australia, (laughs) things are crappy sometimes. And you can feel that way. and, And that's just part of life. That's awesome. How about you? Um, well, I guess I was thinking of this when, when you picked this book, which I love and I grew up loving. Um, and I think to me it's it's really related to something that we used to do when I was probably 
around the same age or maybe a little bit older than Alexander, um, when you sort of first gave me permission to um, to take mental health days from school and you were <laughs> you were really explicit, like, this is the same as staying homesick. Like, if you don't feel well, um, whether or not that's sort of, like, physically manifesting, you know, you don't yeah. have to say you have a stomach ache even though you have a stomach ache that's caused by <laughs> anxiety, right? Like, that, right. that um, yeah, starting when I was, I don't know, maybe in fourth or fifth grade, if the whole world and everything that needed to happen and what was going on in my life and whatever social things, like if it was all just like too, too much, you used to let me stay home from school for the day and watch movies. (laughs) And that is like, I think really kind of radical parenting. Like I don't, I don't know of many other people (laughs) whose parents like were just like, uh, that open and honest and like casual and conversational about, um, mental health, but who also just, like, recognized, like, I mean, I, I guess it was probably made easier by the fact that, like, I loved school, and if I didn't right, I was gonna go to say, school. Like, you didn't really take, I mean, in comparison to me, who used to get anxiety stomach aches and stay home from school all the time because of that, um, but, you didn't really use it that much. But I, I did when I needed it, and sort of having, having that language for, like, yeah. you know, I need a mental health day. And and sometimes I would just, like, stay home and watch movies. On occasion, I do remember you would stay home with me and we would, like, go, like, get ice cream or, like, do something fun. Play like, hooky together. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, those are, like, some of my favorite. <laughs> anyway, so, so I do think, like, this book gave us really good language to sort of talk about that and, like, having an Alexander day and For sure. needing to just... Just take time. Take a mental health day. Yeah. Or whipped cream therapy, <laughs> which was your favorite form of mental health support, squirting whipped cream directly from the bottle into your mouth. That's pretty epic. That always turned around an Alexander kind of day. I mean, you can't do that and not, like, crack up. Like, it's, it's actually <laughs> impossible. It's, like, physically impossible to squirt whipped cream straight out of an aerosol can into your mouth and not laugh like you can't do it (laughs) all right well here's hoping for you know the end to the global pandemic and fewer alexander days in the near future amen (laughs) thanks for joining us No, I loved it. I want you to keep that. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. That was Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Next week, we'll be talking about From the Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler by E.L. Konigsberg. You can find the show anywhere you listen to podcasts and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Until then, we're on Twitter and Instagram as at Books Raised Us. Our theme music is by Cooper Kaminsky. Happy reading!